Uh, we're here in the end of May, still in the middle of COVID quarantine. Uh, we've got some ideas from people out there and we're going to proceed with one of them, which is uh, to do some uh, redos of old FFFL drafts. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, 2016 because I think it's kind of, um, you know, there's kind of enough data on these players to know kind of where they would go. Um, so I think it's a, a great place to start. I mean, we could go back further, but maybe we'll we'll target that later. Yeah, the idea to go back and look at previous drafts is half an exercise in trolling people and half um, just kind of interesting to look at who went where and in particular players that didn't go and were available in the following year. It's always surprising uh, to do that. And I think we see one in this draft. So let's get let's get it going. Yeah, all right. And uh, uh, that reminds me, we did also in the last episode, we did the uh, mock draft of this year's draft. And uh, I, I forgot I had an update on a pick there that I wanted to change. So we had the 114, we had Jeff not going crazy off the board and buying into the hype train. But I've decided that uh, after some posts on the chat, he is going to. And uh, he's going to take, uh, I've heard some hype on this guy. He's kind of a third round rookie draft pick in Dynasty League. So probably right up Jeff's alley for a first rounder. It's Devin Duvernay from Baltimore. So he'll just stick with the, the Ravens. He loves Ravens wide receivers. He's capitalizing that receiving game. And if one of him or Boykin work out, then he'll be laughing. So anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. I forgot about that. That should have been the first update. So uh, last in the mock, I believe you had the first pick. Um, so I am taking the first pick in the 2016 draft. Uh, and with the first pick, 101, I'm going to keep the pick that was 101 in that draft. And it was uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think it's, I mean, he had a solid three years. I think he was suspended, but he still had a solid year that year. Uh, you know, solid three years as a running back in that tough position. Um, he was the clear number one running back in this draft. There was another, there's another good one uh, as well. But, you know, I think Zeke just stood above uh, him and above the wide receivers. So I think it's a pretty much a no-brainer. Yeah, I think I would have made... The same pick had I had 101. Um, there's some really good wide receivers, but that running back positional premium is super important. And I think Zeke was was at the time the consensus 101, and it still, in hindsight, looks the same. Now that was a a trade. Am I right? That was a trade for someone for Serena to get the 101. Yeah, I think she traded Allen Robinson, who still had one or two years left on his rookie deal. So that worked out really well um, for her. Yeah, that's uh, that's a trade I think you would do every time. Um, so yeah, that was a good pick. I'll go next with the 102. Uh, and normally I would look, hey, running backs, that positional value is important, but the wide receivers are, the top wide receivers in this class are pretty good. So I was, uh, I would select Mike Thomas, not Michael Thomas, be Mike Thomas. He's kind of in your top tier of dynasty wide receivers still. So you would have got three rookie productive years plus a fourth year option year. And now given he's in that top tier still, you're either going to get RFA compensation, I suppose, or you're going to have um, a top scoring wide receiver. So I think that one's pretty clear. I, I, actually, my pick would have been Michael Thomas. I know you just took Mike Thomas. So 
Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm gonna not agree with that pick. Um, I don't know what you're doing, but I'll move on to 103 with uh, another wide receiver. This is a guy who actually did not get picked in this draft, so he really came out of nowhere. Uh, and it was Tyreek Hill. Um, so you know, just a fluke that no one took him, I guess. I don't know how that happened. He must have really come off the radar. I didn't get a chance to look up what round he was in the NFL draft, but I'm assuming he was a late round pick. Um, and he's clearly the best wide receiver next to Michael Thomas, who apparently is still available in this draft. Uh, and he broke out huge in year two and three. So he, he would have provided a ton of value for uh, the team that had him. And then, you know, he would have provided great, um, compensation for Mike who took him with the 101 in uh, 2017 so yeah Tyreek Hill and Zeke uh, great start for me um, horrible start for you picking Mike Thomas um, who you got at 104 well just on on Tyreek so he was fifth round fifth round in the NFL so he was if he was kind of outside of that I think most of the like first second third fourth round rookies go for sure and then people start to go to you know IDPs and so on um, if I remember, there was a lot of concern with off-field issues, which was why he dropped. And and um, but still, I don't think you'd see a player like that not get picked anymore. Um, the other point is, I think he's a good pick here because, or he was a really good pick for Mike because he ended up like skipping the rookie year and just getting full productive years on the contract. So I think it was a really good pick. I remember the 2017 kind of. Hey, are you going to pick him ahead of some of the running backs? And it, it's interesting when a player slips to the following year, it's that extra value boost they get. Unless you screw up and pick like a Zach Stacy or someone. Or an Andre Ellington. Or an Andre Ellington. Basically, Andre Ellington could have happened. But yeah, I mean, I think Tyreek went ahead of Fournette, um, you know, McCaffrey and Joe Mixon in that draft. Elvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Elvin Kamara. I mean, I think... When that happened, everyone was like, wow, that was crazy. Can't believe he picked that. Now, looking back, of course, running back is a premium position, but, you know, you can't you can't fault anyone for taking Tyreek there now, looking back. So that worked out quite nice. Yeah, no, I agree. And then so at 104, speaking of running back premium, um, so there's some good quarterbacks in this class and tight ends I know we'll get to, but the running back position is so important. So I'll select Derek Henry. Um, what's interesting for him is his rookie, his first two years, I think there was a lot of hype about his usage, but it never really materialized until kind of year three and year four. But that production in year three and and last year were so massive that I think it it, it pays off, even though maybe the first year uh, you didn't get much out of him. I think he had 110 rushes in his rookie year and 175 in his second year versus 300 um, last year. So it's a bit of a tough spot because you don't get the early year production, but the last two years were so valuable. I think he's the right, the right pick. Yeah. And I think I, I agree. I think in 2017, he probably still was a viable uh, flex play. Um, he still had like 900 total yards and six touchdowns. So it's not, you know, it's not top running back production and nothing compared to what he did in 18 and 19. Um and yeah, if you, you know, with that, with him hitting an 18, you could have, you could have uh, got some good compensation for him or re-signed him or done whatever. Um, 105, I think, I think Derrick Henry's a no-brainer. Uh, 105, I mean, this is kind of showing where this draft is going, um, but it would be Jordan Howard. Again, another running back. Um, he had a good, actually a decently good first th- 
first three years uh, production. So, um, you know, when you think of when you think of uh, Jordan Howard, you don't think of this amazing running back by any means, but his first three years were great. So at the 105 with this draft, as as we'll see as we get further along uh, with how bad it is, he would have been a, a solid pick for you the first three years. And then hopefully you traded him after year three <laughs> or qualified him and let someone else bid a whole bunch of money on him because uh, he tailed off this year for sure. But who knows? Yeah, it's like the reverse of it's interesting because um with derrick henry it was hey the first two years weren't great but the last two years were really good with jordan howard the first two years were really great and it started to tail off um total yards and total touchdowns are pretty comparable in their four-year career so it's kind of an interesting uh thing maybe you would rather have jordan howard and get the rookie years out of your rookie picks um versus having derrick henry in that fourth year uh, at that fourth year price Good. So I'll go uh, at 106 and I'll switch to a wide receiver and go with Tyler Boyd. So again, I think you hinted at where this draft class is going. There's not a ton of stars, I would say, maybe past Tyreek and maybe Derrick Henry. So um, just kind of looked at, well, who was productive and consistent. And Tyler Boyd, I think he had, must have had an injury in his second year. Um, but for the rookie year, it was fairly productive for a wide receiver. And then the third and fourth year as well, over a thousand yards. Um, mid single digit touchdowns so fairly consistent so easy to have you know chuck um, marked into your starting lineup yeah and it's interesting on a guy like a guy like boyd it would have been i think he got the fourth year option but it would have been interesting to see maybe not because he broke out a little bit uh in year three but like between him and henry if you didn't fourth year option where their bidding would have went and then could you have re-signed them for you know somewhere in the middle of what they'll get this year but hard to know right yeah um so yeah boyd another good one uh so the 107 um and this is not super flex so this this would have been really this you know if this picks in the right spot it would have been uh definitely indicative of how bad this draft is is uh, i'd go with dak prescott at 107 uh, he was QB five his uh, first year, eleven his second year, and nine. So, I mean, in a fourteen-team league, he's a starting QB at a million bucks. Um, so, you know, you could you could could have spent not very much on a on a backup and just had your starter enrolled. So you would have had a nice discount there. Uh, nothing really crazy, you know. He didn't have a Patrick Mahomes QB one season or anything in his first three years, but definitely serviceable as an as a qb1 in a 14 team league yeah and i think the only the only um counter or point is is positional which we kind of talked about earlier with some of the other picks so um i was thinking about him in that other spot along with some of the other quarterbacks uh, that we'll i think we'll talk about in the rest of the mock likely um but yeah that that quarterback it tells you how thin the skill position players were in a half PPR non-super flex league that we're taking a mid starter range, right? QB five was the peak in, in the first round versus in the actual draft. I think he was the middle of the third round. Um, it ended up being a good pick for whoever made it. And in the mock, it only makes sense because the skill positions are so weak beyond, beyond this. Yeah. And the interesting thing is the first quarterback. So to kind of show where we were drafting quarterbacks in a non-super flex at this time was uh, 
you know, uh, Jared Goff was the first one who went 21st overall. So picking a QB at the seventh pick would have been crazy during the draft. But looking back, it, it makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. Um, okay, so next is 108. And again, we'll talk about position value, but I'll go with Hunter Henry. So um, same thing, tight end 9, tight end 11. He had a, a IR year and then tight end seven. And so that IR year, I think it was preseason, so it wouldn't have cost you anything in the sense that you know you are you need to find a tight end in UFA. Um, and then you're getting a starter at a position for a million dollars and um, seems like consistent in the years that he's playing. And I don't know if he had missed games in those seasons because I seem to recall that he's always been like a preseason hype type guy. But again, once we get through the rest of the running backs and wide receivers, um, that just aren't that consistent or that good. I think Hunter Henry makes sense here. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, he's he's a solid tight end. And he did miss, I think he missed his third year. So there's a potential that you could have locked him up for three more for relatively cheap. Um, but I'm not, I can't remember if he went for bid or what happened. But anyway, moving along. Uh, 109. So this is, again, showing how good this draft is. Uh, I'll go back to the running back well and take Kenyon Drake. So uh, nothing, no stats that stand out as to why he's so amazing. Um, you know, in he was uh, didn't do much his first year. He was running back 34 in year two, which would be a flex in, in our 14-team league, uh, and then running back 21 in year three. So kind of a low-end or mid-range RB2 for us, which, which is really uh, in this draft is pretty good um and then hopefully again hopefully you you qualified him and re-signed him really cheap because uh he went off at the end of last year and uh he seems to be looking like he's going to be the rb1 for arizona so um you have a potential there if you if you re-locked him in for cheap based on his previous stats not being that great yeah it's a long it's a long path to get to the wrote you know to get to the end where you have him for the three for year four five and six at a cheap price just looking at those early years i don't i don't know i don't i i'm I'm not a big fan of this choice in in the sense that i don't think you'd hold on to him or use him to get to this like four game span in 2019 that just padded the numbers in four games i don't know if they're sustainable next year um we'll talk about some of their choices and it only makes sense in this draft class right because it's so thin um i just don't i can't get i can't get on board with this one you should be ashamed of yourself (laughs) no and and i I was thinking of a couple of quarterbacks as well but i thought uh you know it's really a coin toss with some of these quarterbacks um in the one thinking the one qb league but uh yep no i get it i mean we're You'll, we'll see the rest of the picks, what range we're in. So, Yep, can't change your mind now. Your pick is in 110. I'll go Carson Wentz, speaking of quarterbacks. So um, almost the same argument as Dak, right? You get fairly consistent starter years. You get it at a million dollars, and there's not a lot of better or consistent options at the skill positions beyond this. So I'll take that stability. I'll take the million cap hit and um, carry on from there, and you can keep Kenyon Drake in your on your bench or start him when he gets one point and then bench him when he gets 19. <laughs> best ball. Kenyon Drake's my best ball pick at 109. <laughs> uh, so 111 again, I could have gone with another quarterback here just to have, uh, have some locked in value, but uh, 
111, I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. Um, so again, nothing. I don't have any great stats as to as to why he he was wide receiver 39 in his rookie year, dropped off to 47 in year two, and then up to 29. So a, a high end wide receiver three in in year three um, would have provided some value and some flex spots for you. But again, most likely he would have been on the bench or bye week fill in stuff like that. And then hopefully after his year three. Uh, uh, as wide receiver 29, you got compensation out of him and moved on fast. Um, yeah, it's so. it, the, the point. I mean, the argument makes sense. I think we're, we're remocking the first round and there's a couple of wide receivers. Maybe we'll talk about um, at the end that we haven't picked in the first round. I don't think we'll go in the first round that I would say are equal in the to Sterling Shepard. So why take him when you could take, you know, one of the there's a good remaining tight end or the another quarterback. Um, it's tough. I, it's it's just it's just such a weak class. It's been a really interesting thing to go through. Yeah, it's um, pretty yucky. <laughs> yeah, I'll go one twelve. So again, same argument as Wentz. I'll go with Jared Goff. So you get a couple of starter years. You get stability. You don't have the boom bust weeks in the um, of the remaining skill position players and the wide receivers. And and I think it it makes sense. And it's another reflection of how bad the remaining players are. Yeah, and I don't mind that too. I think in this range too, I was thinking, you know, uh, Wentz and Goff. So it could have easily flipped if I had the second pick. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing in this kind of a draft. There's nothing against locking in your your starting QB for a million bucks a year. We also have the the specific the specifics of our league with our bench size and uh, 14 teams and people sometimes having three or four quarterbacks on their team that there actually ends up being, it's not like a streaming option Yeah. Um, versus your kind of guys who are wide receivers that are going to end up being a flex or a, or a, you know, worse, except for every fourth week they'll score. I think there are UFAs generally available there. Um, so that was kind of a big, big point for me as well to go quarterback. No, that's actually not a bad point. I didn't actually consider that when picking, but you picked my. Because you're Thomas, playing, so. you're playing checkers, and I'm playing chess. That's why my name's on the trophy, once, and yours is not. Yes, it is. Oh, never mind. Okay, uh, one thirteen. I'm gonna take a guy here. This is not <laughs> not crazy at all. But Just I'm make it pick. Him. You don't have to explain it. <laughs> Alex Collins oh boy. running back. This guy, how can he possibly be a first rounder in the redo of this draft? Well, it's because this draft sucks. Uh, and the only thing on on Alex Collins is in the year two, he was running back 16. So at a million bucks to have a high-end RB2 on your team, um, you know, it's hard to find. I mean, it, it's hard to find in any draft in the late first round, but in this draft, especially like there is nobody. So I think it makes, it actually would make sense to take this guy for that one big year. And hopefully, uh, you know, you sold him after that. I'm not sure if he got hurt after that or what happened. Cause I remember him being quite hyped up and I think even people talking about franchises tagging him at one point, or I don't know what happened with him, but um, yeah. So there we have it. Um, so pick 114 is you, but I wanted to do a little kind of game player versus player game thing because I know we're down to kind of the last few players that are on the board. So I'm going to I'm going to give you some stats and then I'm going to have you pick the player and we'll see who you pick. So here's the two players. Player A has 1457 total yards and 10 touchdowns in their first three seasons. 
uh, and seem to have good potential. Player B has 1,800 yards and 11 touchdowns, but potential is unknown. So what, which of those two players would you take? Okay, 14.57 and 10 with potential, or 1.811 with uh, with not a lot of potential. So um, I, think I, w- I think I would go player B. I would go for the extra, say, 400 yards or 10 points and the extra touchdown. Potential in fourth year is kind of a, is kind of a tough one. So I will select player B. Well, you can't select player B because I kind of I kind of rigged this, and player B is actually a group of players. So player B happens to be uh, five, four or five players I combined into one player. So you can't you are you are not allowed to have all these players. So the five players are Kenneth Dixon, Leonte Carew. Tyler Irvin, Darius Jackson, and Chris Moore. So those five guys combined for those stats in their careers, and you cannot take them all at once. Um, <laughs> so who is player A then? Oh, player A is Austin Hooper. I will take Austin Hooper with the 114. Good pick. So Austin oh. Hooper over all of Mahoney's draft picks is, <laughs> is what those five players were, if anyone didn't know. So um you want to explain your Austin Hooper pick? Obviously, you can't explain why you're not allowed to take five players in one spot. I don't often have five picks in a draft as it is, but um, so I think Hooper had two or three, which is, yeah, so I would say two, uh, year three and year four, you'd kind of be in your top 14 starting tight end. So um, based on who's available and who's left, Granted, it's a onesie position, and maybe you know you're you're finding other options. There, I'll just take those points. You yeah, know, you I went agree. through the list of five other players that that barely outscore that guy. So, uh, at this point, you know that's that's who I would take. Yeah, and I think honestly, like I think you could take from pick 109 to 114 and like shuffle them up because like none of these guys are. I, I, I like the quarterback thought after you mentioned about not being able to stream. I, I, I think maybe thinking about that could have locked those guys in a little earlier. But, I mean, the the analysis is, is this draft is ugly. Um, so there was, can we talk about a couple that we didn't pick? So when you talked to Kenyon Drake, yeah. and I said, well, there's receivers. So I was thinking Jamison Crowder was in that list, Richard Higgins, and Will Fuller. Yeah, so Jamison, Rashad Higgins, I believe, might have been a carryover. And I believe... Okay. Jameson Crowder was also so I I believe those guys are both carryovers gotcha. um, which is why I could be wrong on Higgins but Crowder was for sure a carryover because I drafted I took him um, humble brag yeah humble brag good pick uh well, when we do the 2015 redo we'll just have Crowder in there um there we go. so with the 115 if we had a 115 so the 201 I'm going to take Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints so, <laughs> uh, since he's available but um, so, I mean, my team with, I mean, I might have Kenyon Drake on there, but I also have Michael Thomas and Zeke and Tyreek. So I think I'm all right. Uh, I think the other one that we debated was Will Fuller. So Will Fuller would have been one that definitely could have gone in the first round. I think he's been so banged up his first three years. I think his first, his first year, he didn't do too much. And then year two, I think he, you know, he's had these three, four touchdown games and then been hurt and he'd be, he's so hard to start. I can imagine whoever owned him owns him if they had a bunch of wide receivers being frustrated watching him sit on the bench as he scores three TDs after three weeks of nothing right so I think he could have definitely gone in any of these 109 to 114 spots but uh, we have him at I think the 20 
one spot here, the 202, since Michael Thomas went 201. But Yeah, that makes sense. Can I ask, who do you think was the biggest bust out of this group? So Treadwell went 102, Josh Doxson went 103, Corey Coleman went 106. I don't think any of them did anything. Yeah, ever. I'd say... I, I'd say Treadwell, if I remember, uh, Josh Doxson, I think was picked, I, I think was a little higher than he should have. I think uh, it was Brian O'Reilly or one of those guys that were quite high on him. I think Corey Coleman was, or Treadwell were the two like top guys coming in. But yeah, Treadwell would be probably the biggest bust uh, of this draft as far as, you know, what everyone thought he was going to do. In fact, he might have even been people might have even thought he went, was going to go number one, potentially. So, yeah, I think Doxon, I think, got drafted in our draft slightly higher than he should have. Sterling Shepard would have been one, but, I mean, because of the draft being so bad. But, yeah, I'd say I'd say Treadwell. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of bad picks in, in here, and it's these kind of years that make you say, ah, let's just get rid of my picks. They're not worth much. And then you'll see, I think, when we do – 2017 the opposite hey i wish i had more picks in this draft so it's interesting how how different each year can be yeah and i'm really curious to see what like people like whether it be fantasy people or nfl scouts or experts or whatever said about this draft where they like oh yeah this is like the best draft class in years right like yeah it always seems like the current draft is the best draft in years and actually net I've already heard about how 2021 is such a great draft class. And all I was hearing for the last six months was about how 2020 was such a yeah. great stock draft up on 2020 second round. Picks. Yeah. And that was like the, so, the mantra of fantasy football. Um, so the one thing I did look at when going through the players of this draft, um, because it was so bad is like, what are the chances of a defensive line or a, IDP going uh, and the top one I found was Joey Bosa who had he was DL3 in his rookie year he was out his second year and then DL4 um, if we continued this redo of the draft I would suspect that Bosa would go sometime early in the second round and maybe maybe like very early second round because of who's available um, I can send out this list to anyone who wants to look at it but yeah i'd say he's 203 202 maybe kind of range which is sad but it just shows how bad this draft is yeah i think there was a couple other uh quan alexander i noticed on the list Dion jones couple linebackers that i think you'd certainly start which is better than moritz bowringer leonti carew i don't know who else do you want to went jonathan braxton miller Paxton josh ferguson running back Keith Marshall, like, like, the, yeah, yeah. So you you take the risk. Of t- hey, I'll take it at linebacker. I think Quan Alexander was a second year player, and you know he has a starting position. I'll just take those points, or I'll take my shot at these guys who turn into nothing. But again, I think we'll see next year. Some of those like late fourth picks can turn into real uh, big players. Or the Tyreek case, you'd rather have him over any IDP out there ever. So do you take the shot, or do you take the player and at the position you don't have to worry about it. it's it's interesting yeah i think the second year idps i think a few people have been on that i think mahoney and dave and some of those guys have been on that those second year idps and i think it makes makes a difference um but yeah it's i think this overall this draft pretty horrible i think the one bright spot was uh 
quarterback. Um, there was four quarterbacks drafted. Three of them were, I'd consider, hits in our league. So 75%. The only one that wasn't was Paxton Lynch. So that would be the bright spot of this draft is quarter three for four on quarterbacks. Yeah, no, I... I agree. It's it'll be. I think it'll be really interesting when we if we do 2017 soon, just to compare the two as well and see how different were they. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up there and uh, we'll uh, move along. I'll enjoy my Zeke, Michael Thomas, and Tyreek Hill stack, even if Kenyon Drake is on my bench. Have a good night. See ya.